Star Wars Sessions. Extra! Hey Star Wars Sessions listeners out there, and hello to you Luke, Master Blywalker. It's Matt here obviously, and you might wonder what I'm doing right now by myself, but I tell you, I'm joined by an absolute wonder of a guest, a gem of a guest, for a little chat about Galaxy's Edge. I'm joined by Jen Marie from AnakinAndHisAngel.com. Jen Marie, how on earth are you? I'm so good and just I can't believe that I've been to Galaxy's Edge. So I'm super excited to um, just talk about all those details with you guys today. You're you're one of the lucky ones because we are desperate to go over. We're looking at going over in 2020, so we're saving our pennies. But for those of you listening out there, this isn't the first time that I've spoken with Jen Marie. We spoke Star Wars and fandom, fashion, the Force, and so much more at the end of last year, 2018, on my sister podcast, The Back Row. So as mentioned tonight, she's here to talk Galaxy's Edge, having been so fortunate to set foot in the park. And I'm going to be, I'm going to throw the easy question first. I guess the first question I've got to ask is, when you entered Galaxy's Edge for the first time, you've walked through the doors, the doors are open. How did you feel walking through those doors? I felt like I was in a dream (laughs) because, you know, this is something so many of us have been looking forward to for so long and so when the day finally came to go to galaxy's edge it almost didn't seem real like you know like i had to pinch myself like wait i'm i'm actually on the planet of batu right now like it was amazing and as amazing of a feeling as i did have um i was also a bit stressed and um anxious because of having to time manage and not knowing what to expect at all um, with it being opening day. Of course, um, before that, they had, you know, the special media nights Mm -hmm. and they had the cast member previews. So we heard a little bit um, of what to expect, but I know that those crowds were far less from what (laughs) the crowds are now. So and there were times where I, I felt like I couldn't fully enjoy something to its fullest because I wanted to make sure we didn't spend too much time on any one thing so that we could experience as much as possible. But even still, it, it was a truly amazing experience. Did you have a four-hour time slot? Because I don't was that just for the yes. opening weeks, or was that I don't know if that's going forward? But I know a lot of people have been constricted to those four hours. Yes. And that's why I think before how I mentioned, like having to time manage, um, we did have the four hour um, reservation and that will be going on until June 23rd. Everybody who's going has that four hour period. That's why that's, that's why we have you on because Jen Marie is a beacon of Disney and Star Wars knowledge. So if you're not following uh, <laughs> and Jen Marie online, we'll give the socials later on. But I guess... Um, Right, you've walked through the doors. I can, I can, to be honest, I can understand being a bit stressed out by it all because you want to see everything. Yes. I, I mean, I've been following you for a while, and I, so I know how long you've been waiting to go to Galaxy's Edge. So actually, finally being there, I guess it's all that anticipation and nerves building up. So finally being there must have been like a roller coaster ride. So I've got to say, when what was the first thing you did? So you've walked in. Where did you go first? I mean, because obviously I haven't been there, so I'm trying to visualize it. Yes. So. 
with it being opening day, obviously I wasn't aware that certain activities um, would fill up like um, specifically Oga's Cantina or the Savvy's Workshop where you build your own lightsaber. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't know about, I, I knew about those places, but I didn't realize how, you know, how everybody would be heading to those places <laughs> first. So it may come as a surprise um, to some people, but the first place that we went was the milk stand yes. because I wanted to try the blue and green milk so <laughs> desperately and it was a must do on my list. So that's where we went. <laughs> well, we spoke about this on one of our last shows, the blue milk and green milk. Now we've heard one is slightly nicer than the other, but now we have somebody who's tried both. Are you picking green or blue milk? I am picking blue. <laughs> so. I think that one has, I don't know, it has a better taste to me. Um, it's more flavorful than the green. And the blue to me is more tropical. Um, kind of almost like a berry-ish um, type of flavor. And the green seems slightly more citrusy, which also might be why it's not as strong as of a flavor, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've heard that the green milk was slightly more sour. I think somebody described mm -hmm. it as. And blue milk seems to be... Every every time I see somebody posting a picture, they've always got the blue milk in their hand. And I'm not going to lie, yeah. when I go there, the first thing I'm going to be doing is getting blue. I love the uh, Thala Siren green milk, but I want the blue milk all day long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really good. Did you manage to make it onto Smuggler's Run? So I didn't go on it but my husband did. However, I did walk through the line with him. So I got to see a lot of the cool sites that are in there and there's some interactive elements as well. Um, but we found overall that the wait times change throughout the day, mm -hmm. anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, it just depended on um, the time, kind of like the time slots that you were in. Cause the time slots also over overlap. So, the first hour and the last hour time slots overlap, which means there are double the amount of people there. Right. So we found that going, <clears throat> excuse me, to Smuggler's Run was probably better going during the middle of your four-hour reservation. And did your husband enjoy it? Um, he enjoyed parts of it, but he honestly, he told me he was expecting much more. And um, if you guys are, anyone is interested and reading his very thorough review, I actually um, just posted that on the blog um, today. And Jen Marie's also got a vlog out as well, which I, I yeah. um, hasten you all to go and uh, watch and listen to once you've, once you've heard Jen Marie talk. And I've got to say, it's a, it's a very entertaining watch. And I'm going to read about what your husband thought about Smuggler's Run, because we've heard that you kind of get randomly assigned a, a yes. job, a, whether you're the pilot or the gunner or an engineer of sorts. Is that true? Yes, that is true. Okay, all right. Well, I won't spoil what your husband was. We'll let the listeners go and read the <laughs> read the blog and find out. But you've mentioned that green milk and blue milk. My mind always goes to food because that's what kind of guy I am. Did you try any of the other food? Because some of it looks incredible. Yes. Um, on opening day, we went to Ronto Roasters and we got the Ronto wraps, which you might have been seeing yes. around. Um, I honestly can't stop thinking about them. <laughs> they are very 
extremely delicious. It's basically a grilled pork sausage wrapped in extremely soft pita bread. And it's topped with really um, like tangy slaw. No, I don't want to say really tangy slaw, but you know, it. like that flavor is there. And there's a peppercorn sauce on top of it. And that might not sound like the best combination, oh, but there's something about it. It, it is so incredible. good. And, and it's a decent size, um, you know, food option, mm -hmm. I thought. So I definitely will be getting that many more times. I will definitely be getting it the first time. I'm just, and I'm pretty sure Luke will as well. Did I give... Um... Do they give sort of can canon explanations of the food there? Because I know obviously around the park they have explanations of other things, but do they kind of give you an do they give you a canon explanation of where these Ronto wraps originate from in universe? I didn't see anything about it on the menu, but I would imagine there might be something about that online. But it, it is fun how you you go around and you look at the different menus and you and you recognize a name from the star wars mm -hmm. universe and you wonder oh what's the backstory on that so that part is fun and then there's other stuff too like they have um popcorn that's called outpost popcorn mix and so you know it just has that star wars feel to it i think star wars is the only franchise out there where you could have a backstory for a ronto rap for example <laughs> where's it come yeah. from who's had it before you've mentioned obviously the lightsaber building um, area yes. and the droid building. Did you manage? Did you manage to go in or even get a peek at what was going on inside? Yes. So we actually, my husband and I both built lightsabers, nice. which was an amazing experience. I hope that if anyone has the chance to do that, that they will jump on that because it's unlike anything I've done before. It, it was just amazing. Um, as far as the droid depot. Um, we didn't build a droid, but we did go inside, and it looks like so much fun. Like the experience of doing that, you just you actually feel like you're in a factory building something. And I know there's like a lot to it. Like you get to choose personality personality chips and all that stuff to really make your droid become who you want it to be, which is really fun. I think that is just. Awesome. And one of the words we hear so much is immersion, because obviously all of the cast members are in character the whole time. And you feel you literally feel like Batu is you have stepped into into another world. So in terms of like the atmosphere around the park, I'm guessing that the fans and the attendees were having a blast. And what about the cast members? What, how were they like to interact with or did you interact with any? Did you see Vimeradi sort of skulking around? You know, the cast members were so in character and it made it really fun. And like you said, immersive and never once when I was there, did I feel like I was at Disneyland. Well, I believed I was on this planet and that these people lived there and that they all had, you know, jobs and different, um, different things that they were doing to make this place come to life and just, um, you know, after I built my lightsaber, for example, I chose the red Kyber crystal nice. and I remember just walking around. It was, it was about 9 PM. So it was quite dark outside and I'm walking on my way to leave Batu, and I see Ray and she walks past me and she notices that I have the red lightsaber <laughs> and she said, I hope you stole that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. you just never know. Like 
they interact <laughs> with you in a very different way than um, when you're at Disneyland. You don't feel like you need to go up to them and take a picture. You want to talk with them and, you know, and create this story. And I just think it's really unique and it's going to give everybody a very different experience. That sounds. I'm. I'm sitting here beaming just listening because it sounds so awesome. Did you see Kylo walking around? I did see Kylo walking yep. around um, with some First Order stormtroopers. So that was really neat. I also saw Chewbacca. He was working on um, an X-wing. So it's all very much like a story. That I feel like the characters are always doing something, and it's just real. I. I don't even know how to explain how incredible it is i feel like just everybody who has the chance they need to go to galaxy's edge and experience it for themselves it's making me i'm getting itchy fingers because i want to start typing in virgin airways or something like that other airlines are available and try and get over there i have actually looked at the process how much it would be for us to go over there so um was it busy when you went because every time i see a picture including yours with your husband of Mm -hmm. anybody in front of the millennium falcon there never seems to be anybody around. It always seems to be quite quiet. Yes. Okay. So it is busy there, but they do have certain points throughout um, the land where they have um, picture spots. And these oh, nice. picture spots are, they have a certain area cleared out so that there won't be any people in the background in the pictures that they take for you, which I think is really nice. And I expected it only to be there for maybe the opening but I actually asked a cast member um, this past weekend if it was a permanent setting, the, the photography. And um, they said as of right now, it is permanent. So I think that's really nice because it's just going to make um, such a better picture for everybody who chooses to do that. You know, yeah. it, it just makes a really nice memory. It just makes it feel more authentic with, you know, no craziness in the background. That's one of the selling points or the visual selling points of Galaxy's Edge is the Falcon, the life-size Falcon out front. Yes. So people around the world are seeing that. And I know that Lucasfilm and Disney have really pushed that. So And it's going to be people from all around the world, not just the UK, of course, Australia, uh, Japan, Europe, yes. South America, going there. And they're going to want to have a picture with the Falcon. When I go, I want a picture of the Falcon. And to know that I can actually have it without that in sort of hustle bustle in the background, it just adds to that. The level of detail and just customer focus. They know yes. that people are going to come to this. It's going to be a big deal to so many people. And it sounds like they've pulled out all of the stops to give people that. I think so. And, you know, the experience of having your photo taken is um, is not rushed at all. I've done it twice already. And both times they offered to take multiple photos Oh, you know, with different poses and stuff. I didn't feel rushed. Even there were lines, you know, for these um, photo opportunities. Mm-hmm. And they still, they, I mean, I got at least eight pictures on one of them that oh, they wow. took for us. So I thought that was very nice. Do you pay for them to take your photo? Or is it just, here's my smartphone, shoot away? 
Um, and no, you don't pay for it, but you do have to have the, um, oh, I'm blanking out on what it's called. It's a photo pass okay. thing. So what they do is they essentially will um, scan your Disneyland pass or your ticket, mm -hmm. and then you can get that on your phone and download it on there. Okay, that's, that's quite handy to know. So um, yes. I'm also really amazed that they've managed to kind of undisnify the entire thing because I've heard um, from other um, outlets who have also said that when you're walking around, there is nothing to say you're in Disney. And still, with the juggernaut and the beast, that is... I mean, I've been to Disney World to try and imagine yes. being within the vicinity, but also to feel like you're nowhere near it is... I can't really get my head around that. Yeah, it's kind of unbelievable. And I think it's just the sights, the sounds, the sounds are so different, the smells, the way it all looks. It's it's the most detailed land in all of Disneyland. It's just making me more excited to go. I mean, I bet you just said you've had to, you've been to the Falcon twice to have your photos. That, have you been twice or have you been more times? I have been twice. Yes. <laughs> so, and I'll be interested because both times I went, obviously I went with the four hour um, time period reservation. So the next time I go will probably be after um, that is over after the first month. So I'll be curious to see what the crowds are like, how everything is running. Um, cause you know, with new lands, things can change mm -hmm. as needed. You know, they're constantly observing, you know, how people are responding to things, how the lines are running and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting to see what it will be like. And it'll be fun to not have that, um, restriction of the four hours. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask, I wonder what the lines and the queues are going to be when I there's know. less restrictions. And also, I suppose the, cl yeah. the closer we get to the rise of Skywalker, because I know they've already implemented little bits, but and after that movie is released, they're going to be, it's all going to be all changed. They're going to, apparently, they're going to make it a uh, greater element of the rise of Skywalker in there. So, did you see any kind of Easter eggs for that film, or do you, th or are they just so well hidden? I I can think of one that I did see in um, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to look at. And I will say, when you go, always look up. If you're okay. online, if you're just stopped for a minute, always look above you because there is so much to see and there's so many hidden, you know, treasures and Easter eggs. Um, I did see um, one of the Knights of Ren's staff. Nice. And um, yeah, at first I thought it was a Gamorrean guard staff, but then my sister actually corrected me. She was like, no, that's that's <laughs> from the Rise of Skywalker. And I was like, oh my goodness. So yeah, that's really cool. That's a Jin so if you're listening, it is a problem if you don't look up because you're going to miss an awful lot of good stuff. Just to, that's uh, you've mentioned Duck Ondar again. I've got to throw it out there because we mentioned it on our last show. Myself and Luke, we got quite excited at the fact that the merch on offer is obviously in universe. It's not Disneyfied. It is kind of what you'd expect if you were on Bar Two. Did you get anything? And what kind of stuff was in the Den of Antiquities? Oh my goodness. Let me tell you, there is so much merchandise mm -hmm. at Galaxy's Edge. And like you said, it is all very in-universe. I think probably the closest item that you could expect to see like within Disneyland are pins. Mm -hmm. But I feel like they kind of needed pins. It's um, affordable, collectible. Everybody loves it. But nothing really says Disneyland on it. So that's cool. Um, there's, oh, there's so many amazing things. Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities has a lot of um, 
statues, paintings, mugs, jewelry. Um, that's also where you can buy the Sith or Jedi holocrons. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get the Kyber crystals. The Kyber crystals are only twelve ninety nine, which I was really surprised by. So with the Kyber crystals, you can opt to change your lightsabers or you can stick them inside the holocrons um, to just have more interaction with those type of things. Um, I did get a Sith holocron and some Kyber crystals. I got um, the Japor snippet yes. that um, Anakin gave Padme. Um my husband got a Darth Vader gauntlet, um, which is awesome. really cool. Yeah, it's it has the most amazing, um, I, I guess I wanted to say it's stylized very uniquely. It's very cool. Okay. Oh, my goodness. What else did I get? There, there was just a lot. And I did cover half of it so far on my blog. It's called What I what I bought at Galaxy's Edge. And I do have another one that I need to put together, but I basically just go through each item and talk about the prices and where you can buy them. So hopefully that will be helpful to people as well. Yeah, we'll certainly look out We'll look out for that. And I know the listeners will as well. We'll link to that when it comes out. You've met, I guess you've mentioned pricing. It's Disney. We, I think yeah. everybody knows it's, you know, it's not going to be kind of like, uh, low budget but is it um is it is it that expensive or is it kind of what you'd come to expect i think most of it is what you would come to expect there's i mean like the kyber crystals i mentioned they're 13 dollars. the necklace i mentioned bad. was 20 dollars, not too bad but then there are some other things where you question like hmm should that be 50 dollars <laughs> and then you're like, well, it's Star Wars, of course. You know, they could put whatever price that they want on it and it's going to sell. That's it. But um, the food seemed pretty much, the food prices seemed pretty much um, on par with the rest of the park's prices. There's probably maybe a handful of items that I've seen that were probably a couple dollars too much, but mm. um, not entirely too bad. Oh, okay. Because when, when you mentioned a Kyber crystal was $13, mm-hmm. that's probably about... I don't know, 10, 10 British pounds, which to me actually isn't bad. Mm-hmm. I've been to the Disney shops in the United Kingdom, in London, and in Essex where I live, and there are things which you think, hmm, 15 pounds for a pin. But then I hear something like 10 pounds for a kyber crystal or 20 pounds for the for the um, pendant necklace. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's actually too bad because, 20, again, 20 bucks is about 17, 16 pounds, which isn't actually bad for a, you know, a licensed piece of merchandise. But I, I ask that because... That's a lot of people's fear as well. Of obviously, is forking out the money to get there. Is it going to be expensive when you're there? So it's quite reassuring to to know that it's not as bad. But when I mean, you visited twice now, obviously you're looking to go again. What would you? Any advice for people like me or any of our listeners who are looking to visit first time? What kind of words of advice can you give them? I would say I know a lot of people like to just like be in the moment and kind of see what happens. But I think when you're going for the first time, especially if you live quite a distance away like yourself, I think it's important to have at least some kind of plan, Um, especially if you do want to build a lightsaber or you do want to check out the cantina. As I mentioned before, those places fill up very fast. Um, Some of them would fill up for the rest of the day for within like 20 minutes. So if you're wanting to do that, I would say to go to one of those places first and 
you know, get that done, get that experience in, and then maybe kind of just stroll around, take everything in, grab a bite to eat, do some shopping. Um, but yeah, I think a plan and um, research is definitely important. That's it. I'm, uh, as Luke will attest to, I'm stupidly organized. So I'd have every kind of five minutes planned out on a notepad. So no, no issues there. And just before we wrap anything up, Ogre's Cantina, you've mentioned that. Did you go in? Did you buy one of those? ridiculously spicy looking cocktails or non-alcoholic not um so the last time i went i i obviously knew at that point i was like okay we need to choose whether or not we want to do that or the lightsabers so we built the lightsabers and by the time um we were finished with that we couldn't get into the cantina so um but it's okay it'll it'll be an experience for another time of course and it's it's not exactly a a bad choice to make lightsabers or cantina even now it's amazing to actually be able to say that Yes, I know. <laughs> and I can't wait. So before we wrap up, I've got to ask because look, we've asked everybody else. We want to know your opinion. We know how much you love Star Wars. We know how much people listen to you. And let's face it, me and Luke, we want to hear what you think about the rise of Skywalker. What's going to happen? What are some of your hopes and fears? Um, so, yeah, we just want to hear what you've got to say. What are you looking for? Are you even looking forward to the film or is that a silly question? <laughs> I... I don't honestly think I have any fears. I'm just so absolutely thrilled for this movie. I'm I'm really excited that J.J. Abrams gets to conclude the trilogy. Um, my hopes would be that, I don't know, I just have this idea that it could end with all of the characters who became Force Ghosts at the end just to tie it all together. I know a lot of people will probably be like, Oh, it's just like return of the Jedi, but I feel like it just makes so much sense with this being the story of Skywalker and just seeing Anakin, maybe even Qui-Gon Yoda, Obi-Wan, Luke all at the end with whoever else is there just to kind of conclude the story would just be a really beautiful moment. You're right. Could you imagine having uh, Hayden back as Anakin, <laughs> Qui-Gon yes. back, Obi-Wan, Luke, uh, little Yoda? It would be incredible. It, uh, it, yeah. JJ, if you go back and finish the film, because I want to see that, and I'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen. <laughs> so we've got to ask, I guess, is there anything you don't want to happen, or you're going to sit down in a the theatre and think, I wish that didn't happen, or are you just kind of going to go down and just absorb what I was given? You know, I don't think so, and I don't know if this would count, but I hope that the Knights of Ren have a good amount of screen time. I Mm -hmm. I feel like if they're not featured that much and that we don't get to see them in any type of action, I mean, I'm assuming from a little snippet that we've seen in the trailer that we will see them, at least in some action, but I just want to see them in a really good, grand way you are not alone there i I, well it's kind of jj's baby isn't it i guess he came up with them all with help from the story group they're here so i think they're going to be featured i hope that i want to see them featured um i think they're going to be featured more prominently than phasma or than the praetorian guard were in the last jedi but i think with the knights of rain you that they've been featured now vanity fair you've got to go you've got to go big with them Mm mm-hmm Oh, it's good to hear we're on the same wavelength there with with the Knights, but we're going to find out all the answers in six months' time, not long at all. So 
get your Galaxy's Edge booked up, get the Rise of Skywalker booked up, and we're going to see if any of this comes true. Obviously, I've just mentioned Anakin and his angel. That's the blog you've been running for, what, two decades now? Coming up three decades? Yeah. What's next for you? Are you carrying on with the Star Wars? You've obviously got your blogs coming out. Yes, um, there will be a new Star Wars coming out soon. I also have a list of um, more Star Wars style posts coming, um, as well as more Galaxy's Edge content. And um, in August, I will be attending the official Disney convention. So, yeah, I'm hoping there will be some cool um, Star Wars content that I can um, share with everybody from that event. And eventually, uh, Jen Marie's going to find time to have a rest, maybe sleep, maybe eat in amongst all of this. <laughs> but obviously, check out Anakin and his angel.com and Star Wars, which is run with uh, Molly from Star Wars Explained. Uh, you've also, you've mentioned pins. I've seen a lot of awesome pins up on your Instagram stories. How is that something you've just started doing? Because frankly, they look awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, I <laughs> actually just made my first pin. So um, the response was not what I was expecting, but (laughs) I was really happy that people liked them and I kind of debuted them for um, Galaxy's Edge. So that was really exciting and I'm hoping to make more soon. And if anyone out there is listening, how how would people go about procuring one of these pins? Um, I actually, I think I'm almost out. Um, Feel free to message me on either Instagram or Twitter. I have... um, a few on hold right now, so we'll we'll see what's going to happen with that. But I'm hoping um, if there is want for more of them that I can do another one, maybe in a different color or something like that. Well, everybody out there, you know what to do. So um, I mean, that's kind of that for the Galaxy's Edge chat because we wanted to get yourself on because, like we say, we know your passion for the brand. You, we know you've been there, we know you've been vlogging and blogging and your excitement for going to Galaxy's Edge so we couldn't think of a better person to ask so thank you so much for giving your time tonight to come and chat Galaxy's Edge Oh thank you so much, it was a blast That's okay, and for the listeners out there we've mentioned your site, your socials and whatnot. where can they find you online? So my blog is anakinandhisangel.com Twitter, I'm at across the stars and everywhere else on social media I am Anakin and his angel. Yep, I do go check it out. So there's a vlog on there, Galaxy's Edge vlog, where you can listen to Jen Marie and watch Jen Marie in more detail and her husband as well. And the blog as well. Go check it out. And like I said, the website's been going since, is it, I want to say 2000? Uh, oh my goodness. 2001 or 2000? Oh. oh my gosh. I should know this by now. But I'm, I'm quite glad yes. I got that close to it as well. <laughs> so it's an 18 year old blog. So, yes. uh, it's old enough legally to buy a drink in England. <laughs> okay, keep up the good work on there. But once again, thank you so much for coming on, Jen Marie. And uh, now it's back to the to the main show. Mm-hmm.